We're live. And, We're uh, live. Happy New Year. My most outdoorsy look. <laughs> Happy New Year, Shackers out there. You're just now tuning into the Gambling Shack. I go by the name of Bobby Beach. You can follow me at, on Twitter on at Robo Harris Jr. Follow my man Gabe Myers at G underscore Myers 33. Happy New Year, Gabe. We haven't seen each other since the, the New Year begun. Yeah, well, no. Oh, you FaceTimed me yesterday. You FaceTimed me two days for my birthday, so I appreciate Yeah, that. I FaceTimed you on your birthday. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was Rob's the, the big 3 0. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we had, had a year, and he did 3 0. You know, so, uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, yeah, it was a good birthday. It was a solid birthday. You know, COVID is, you know, it's still out there, still real, it's still um, contagious. So, just want everybody to keep being masked up and stay six feet away from each other. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness there was nothing eventful going on in the Capitol this week. We had a nice, <laughs> quiet week, nothing going on. Everyone was just very nice to each other. Every, everyone was civilized. Nobody. Everyone, everybody loves everybody, as Will Ferrell said in Semi-Pro. Nobody broke any glass. Nobody, <laughs> nobody sat on nobody's desk and had to yeah, nobody's chair. No, no classified information was <laughs> potentially stolen. <laughs> Great week to be alive. Oh, man. All jokes aside, that was probably the most saddest day in American history. Uh, I just was shocked when it all happened. Yeah, it was. I shouldn't be laughing, but. I mean, I wasn't even shocked, but I was just like, wow. You know, like, it was it was so much questionable things happening. I know this is a gambling show. We, we focus on sports gambling. Unfortunately, we couldn't gamble on a riot. No, we couldn't gamble on a riot. We couldn't gamble on Trump's presidency and being a riot, because I probably would have taken those odds. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, whatever, whatever it would have been. Yeah, but it's just unfortunate, though. It's unfortunate for this country to to see that and to see. Uh, I, I mean, not to be surprised, but that's you know that's America. I mean, it's just a lot of questionable things. Where was the where was the law enforcement? Nobody really, you know, took the leadership and the initiative to stop people. I mean, yeah, some people were maced. Um, you know, one person got killed. I would think if I if someone like. Like if I went to Washington, like a couple summers ago, I went to Washington D.C. on a family trip, yeah. and I would think if I tried to storm the Capitol building, I'd be dead before I got a like exactly. to, to the door. You know, <laughs> like there's no way I'm making it in that Capitol building. And now it's different because it wouldn't be just me. You know, it's thousands of people. But that's a whole other conversation. But some good news in government. I do know like some politicians here in my area, and they are talking about in the state of Texas legalizing gambling being that being in the near future oh. uh, as far as sports betting goes which obviously that's what we love mm -hmm. and then like having more like destination uh not to where that you just have a casino in every city but similar to like vegas or atlantic city having like destination gambling mm -hmm. so doing a sports betting legalizing it like with DraftKings and FanDuel, which is really popular nationwide mm -hmm. um and then just having the destination gambling having that come up in texas so i don't know what the timeline for that is but i do know i can say with my inside sources that is being discussed um here in the state of texas so. that would be actually dope to have 
to have that to have gambling legalized in the state of Texas because I mean it's a lot of a lot of underground things going on like cert quote unquote like game rooms or sort of to speak uh you know you have bingo halls or whatnot but I think that would be dope to have gambling legalized in the state mm -hmm. that pretty much needs it and pretty much goes away around it when dealing with sports gambling on offshore websites and you can go to places you know destined for you know gambling or whatnot punch a ticket in and there's no problem or punching a, a, a nfl ticket or nba ticket or any sporting ticket that you desire that your heart desires so i think it's no consequences not that it's no repercussions behind that so i think that'd be pretty dope for the state of texas because i mean you know like you said FanDuel. DraftKings, they're already on it around the world in New York and the East Coast, you know, and in Nevada or whatnot. So I think for Texas to jump on board on that in the near future, hopefully soon, uh, that would be pretty dope. Yeah. And I think with COVID and just there being a ton of revenue loss, um, especially tax revenue as it relates to the government, I think COVID might speed up the clock on those things being legalized just because you know what does the government love they all love their money uh, everybody loves their money so that's mm -hmm. um that's gonna be one of the many side effects of this pandemic and i think gambling in states that have been very against it previously they're gonna be start saying okay how can we make up some of this you know tax revenue loss oh gambling uh because you do it legally and you can tax it and people are going to do it legally instead of illegally, you know? So it's just, it just seems like a no brainer. And the fact that Texas, which is one of the most conservative States is talking about it and discussing it seriously. Um, I think, uh, I think once Texas does it, uh, that would be the go ahead for basically all the other conservative States to go ahead and do it as well. So that's a, a positive thing. I've been hearing this for a couple of months now. Um, but I, now that we're in the new year and, when I first started hearing it, it was like in the heart of election season. So it's like mm -hmm. nothing's going to get done immediately. Mm -hmm. But just last week I had heard it again. Um, and obviously we didn't record last week. Uh, but just last week I'd heard it again. Um, or actually it was last Saturday. So I, even if we did record, I wouldn't be able to say it last week. Uh, I'd yeah. heard it again last Saturday. And that's something they're seriously going to be talking about this year when, you know, the government starts doing their thing uh so that's that's something to be excited about here for us in the state of texas oh yeah most certainly most certainly well gabe we have like you said uh you know we talked a little bit on my birthday or whatnot but how was your new year's how did you bring it in or whatnot man i did uh literally nothing on new year's it was i'm not a partier um i'm not a partier so i just uh I had to work the day after New Year's, so I didn't. Otherwise, I probably would have went somewhere just where more of my friends are, um, like just went out of town and celebrated. But uh, because I had to work the day after, I didn't want to go and have to drive back New Year's Day, missing the college football playoff games. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, so I just uh, I really I just laid low, didn't really do much. Um, I had some fun on Christmas week. So, yeah, New Year's, I just kind of laid low and. Didn't really, didn't really do much. Just hung out and enjoyed some college football on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I mean, well, you know how my personal work schedule is. Yeah, really. no, you can't celebrate New Year's. I mean, you can, <laughs> but then you don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, pretty, pretty wicked uh, to say the least. So, but you know, uh, 
enjoy some good college foosball uh, on the New Year's Eve. Uh, overall record for College Bowl mania went 18 and 7. Uh, so pretty solid. So I appreciate everybody riding with the picks or whatnot. So it was uh, some very enjoyable games on New Year's Eve, to say the least. And then New Year's Day, of course, what we know, uh, what we're going to discuss later on in the show. It was uh, pretty exciting to see a uh, big upset that I didn't see coming uh, from the main game at nighttime. So, yeah, I was I'm happy I picked on the right side of that one. I didn't see. I didn't see Ohio State winning, but I thought it'd be a really close game. And then when when the targeting call put Skalski out of the game, I was like, oh man, this could get this could get pretty this could get pretty ugly. Uh and it did. Oh, yeah. So I'm very I think this is a great national championship game instead of Bama Clemson part 45. We're getting, you know, Bama, Ohio State. So you two probably the two most popular brands in college football. So I'm I'm excited to see what we got. But that's on Monday. Tomorrow, we get NFL playoffs, triple header. I want, I got to work in the morning, and once I get back, it'll be right before kickoff of the first game, and then I don't think I'll move the rest of the day because I don't – I am not required to do anything uh, the rest of that day, so I won't be doing anything the rest – all day Saturday and probably all day Sunday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited for the for the three games to uh, you know happen. Uh trying to trying to like get my focus back onto the playoffs because I work for a local Houston radio station. It's a lot of chatter about a certain franchise quarterback and the yeah. Hill being quote unquote unhappy and is his agent is, you know you know, stirring up some rumors, seeking that he wants to be traded because eh, point blankly, they're not listening to him in the front office. But yeah, like I said, we are a sports game. <laughs> so I've been... where Deshaun Watts might go next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really we'll say we'll think... that for the off season. Yeah, we'll say that for the off season. I don't think Houston fans are very excited to uh uh, they don't. They don't want to see four go anyway. Anywhere, I think mm -hmm. if if four goes, I think there goes the most loyal fan base in Houston. Goes out of all three major four sports franchises, the Texans have the most loyal fan base ever. Like well, ever. Hmm? Because it's football. Yeah, because it's football. Exactly. Yeah, football in Texas rules. So. Um, but uh, back to the college play. I'm uh, back to the NFL playoff games. If you've been under a rock, we have the Colts and Bills that kick off at twelve. Rams and Seahawks kick off around three forty. Colts and Bills is the first game. That's the first game. Oh man, we're getting started right away. That's getting the party started, Gabe. And then the last but not least is the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Washington Football Team. Uh, Sunday night, well, not a Sunday NBC game, seven fifteen ish i'm pretty sure al and chris will be on the call um that's why did i say their names like i know them yeah al and chris you know they'll they'll be on the yeah, call we go way back <laughs> we go way back but yeah kick off the party uh early with the coast and bills i think that's gonna be a great game great matchup uh bills are favorite six and a half uh josh allen um i don't think he will get the comeback player of the year award 
because he didn't really come back from anything. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he the just got the Rising Star Award. Yeah, the Rising Star. He just he just became a better, accurate passer. Uh, commanded the offense exceptionally well. Stephon Diggs in the offseason, people were saying, "Oh, you traded for Stephon Diggs for a first rounder." What is the Bills thinking? The man still put up the numbers like he was still in Minnesota. So nothing really stopped. And Cole Beasley is probably, I mean, top slot wide receiver in the game today. And he did his thing so for the season. So I think the Bills uh, going against an Indianapolis team, you know, Phillip Rivers held his own, a year contract. People don't know what what's going on. People are suspecting Phillip might retire. Phillip might, you know, this might be it for Phillip. I'm seeing the Colts bringing him back for the money. For the money. I have a, I have a hard time. But so we got Colts Bills started off. We mm-hmm. got Rams Seahawks, you said, in the middle of the afternoon. Correct. And then we got Washington and Tampa. Correct. At night. So then what's Sunday? What's the three on Sunday? The three on Sunday is to kick it off. Ravens versus the Titans. Oh, these kickoff games are outstanding. <laughs> That's round 12-ish. Um, Bears and Saints, 3 yeah. o'clock. Three o'clock, three forty game, yeah. uh, and then to, to end it, it will be Sunday on NBC. The Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, that's intriguing. I'm excited for this slate. I'm ex- this is a fun, and in, pretty much regardless of how it works out, the divisional round slate is going to be awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Like if just the favorites win, if only the favorites win, you go to the divisional round. The NFC, you'd have Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And you get Seattle and New Orleans. No one loses in those. Like that, those are just fun games. And the AFC, you'd get Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And then you'd get uh, the Chiefs and the um, the Chiefs and uh, who is the uh, other? And if, well, tight, or I guess Chiefs and Ravens. Chiefs and Ravens, yeah. Or Chiefs and Titans. Like that's a, I think that's the closest spread of the games in the AFC. Like mm-hmm. that's just, these are just fun games all the way around. Like this is, Fun games is to lead to more fun games going forward. I'm excited, Rob. I'm ta- I'm I'm picking you off the off the wheel. I'm driving. Let's go. I'm excited to start picking games. Let's get it. Let's get I'm it. I'm freaking pumped. So, <laughs> my lock of the week. I can't wait. I love this. This three three playoff games on a Saturday. This is I'm in dream. And then we get the national championship game Monday night. This is gonna be a great weekend. Ooh, I'm yeah. speaking in new existence here. So, my lock of the week. Pittsburgh Steelers minus six against the Cleveland Browns. I watched these two teams play last week. Pittsburgh without their three most important players. Two-point conversion away from sending that game into overtime. Now, bring back Big Ben. Bring back TJ Watt. Bring back Cam Hayward. Now you're going to Pittsburgh instead of being in Cleveland. And Pittsburgh has something to play for. That's a big deal. And then also, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, not going to be there because of COVID. That is a loss. He is their play caller. I mean, I, and they have Alex Van Pelt on the staff who's been there, who's worked with Stefanski in Cleveland and in Minnesota previously. So Van Pelt, I'm confident that he can call the offense, but it is going to be a different feel for Baker now in his first playoff game. It's a really good defense. And Joel Batonio, who didn't make the first team all-pro team, but he was on my all-pro team that I personally do. I mean, regardless how you do it, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. He's missing this game. I believe Olivier Vernon is missing this game as well. 
There are some serious losses for the Cleveland Browns because of COVID here. I, I, the original line, I think, was four. It was three and a half or four. I like the Steelers in that line. I think now, without Stefanski, without Batonio, you're going to be asking Baker to do a whole lot more here in his first playoff game. It's a really good defense. Ben is like 25-2 and two against the Browns in his career. He does not lose to this team. Give me Pittsburgh in a blowout. Give me the six. I'll lay the six points and bet the Steelers here. Love, love Pittsburgh, my favorite pick of the weekend. I like – these are some good lines I like on these playoff games. Yeah, I like these I like these lines, but this is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, these lines are pretty dope. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about my live dog a little bit. But uh, but to just say that and to, to read it on paper, all the injuries, all the COVID protocols that the Cleveland Browns are going through, I think Pittsburgh can, you know – like you said, they have something to play for. They got they got the they got the guys back. They got Big Ben back off of rest. They got TJ White, uh Hayward off of rest. And now you're going against a depleted Cleveland Browns team with guys out during for a protocol, uh, excuse me, COVID and tracing of the COVID as well. So it's it's gonna be tough going into Pittsburgh. And Mike Tomlin isn't no stranger to these playoffs. This man is uh uh one one coach that deserves all the flowers and all the praise while he's still in that position because of the stuff he's had to deal with over the years and so now this team started off 11 and 0 and kind of slipped but still finished strong in the AFC North uh, another AFC North battle third time meeting up I don't think Baker will be nervous but I think he will probably try to do too much to to kick off the game uh that will kind of overthrow it but I'm still going to stick to my Live dog, which we will get to later on, but I like I like Pittsburgh at six. That's probably like a a safe a safe bet of, of the playoffs. I'll say a safe bet because I hope, I hope it's a safe bet. <laughs> and a good pick, gay. Good pick. Uh, my lock of the week: um, Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half versus the LA Rams. Now Seattle is at home, people. There's no fans. I know. I know. The twelfth man will be howling somewhere in in the in his favorite sports bar or his house. But to this game, I, I just think Jared Goff's thumb. I don't know if it's a hundred percent. He's been limited in practice, but I think he'll play. He'll play. It's the playoffs. He'll play. The running game is what scares me about the LA Rams. Cam Akers is a solid running back. He's pretty much the him and Malcolm Brown are the only two active running backs on their roster, pretty much. I like Seattle, Russell. Well, I like Seattle for the experience on this game. They've been there. They've done that. They've won a Super Bowl before. Russell Wilson is a magician back there. Started out the season as an MVP talk, but, you know, kind of inconsistent play here and there. But I think the Seattle Seahawks will go in there, take care of their business, knock off the Rams. I know I am scared of the defensive pressure from Aaron Donald and the gang. But I still feel that Russell Wilson can hold his own. That defense has come along in the last, what, six games. They're ranked first, only giving up 10 points a game. That defense has come a long way, Gabe, a long way. But I feel that the Seattle Seahawks will cover, and that is my lock of the week. Gabe, you're frozen. Oh, Lord. Well, Gabe is off. Uh, hopefully, we can get Gabe back onto the Gambling Shack. 
if you're just now tuning in. Uh, we don't have a Twitter yet, but we will make a Twitter. This is the first first season of the Gambling Shack. Uh, still looking for potential sponsors out there, potential advertisements who want to get down with the Gambling Shack. Please email us. You can email me personally at robertharrisjr2008 at gmail.com. We can sit down, discuss a plan. We want to take this show to new heights that has never been seen before on the Gambling Shack. Hopefully we can get Gabe back. Let me, let me hit him with a text. Nope, nope. We got Gabe back. We got him back, people. All right. Little little Wi-Fi malfunction there. I did catch all that you said about Seattle. I'll get into that Rams game in a bit. This is the most intriguing game of all the games. I've, I I really like all – outside of the Bears Saints, that one's a little bit of a dud to me. The other five games I, I'm all, like, really intrigued by. Uh, I think this is the most intriguing to me, uh, Rams and uh, Rams in Seattle, just because they've played each other twice. They each have won one game against each other. Will Jared Goff play? Uh, that's a big storyline here. Um, can John Wolford win a playoff game against Russell Wilson? Uh, yeah, you're shaking your head, and I don't blame you. Um, but I'll talk more about this here later on. We'll go to my next pick of the week, um, and you have some thoughts about this, so we can you can save your thoughts until later. Um, I like Indianapolis plus six and a half against Buffalo. Um, my reasoning here, I really like um, I the Colts defense is really, really good. And the Bills have been so hot going, have been so hot going into the playoffs here. I just don't think a team can keep rising at the level that the Bills have been rising at. I like the, I think they're going to come back down to earth at least a little bit eventually. Also, what I like, Josh Allen. You know, and we've talked about earlier in the year with Josh Allen. When he when the defenses are simple, that's when he's at his best and he can just go, go, go. And he's played really, really well, especially the last month and a half of the season. Um, but when teams are mixing up coverages and doing different things, and Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, is one of the best in the league at doing that. That's how you can slow down Josh Allen a little bit. And because of the Bills' lack of a running game, I think the Colts are going to be able to sit in coverage for the most part. They're going to be able to really just sit back there and mix up coverages, do different things, just trying to confuse Josh Allen playing in just his second playoff game. It is the Colts' defense, a lot of really good defensive personnel. Um, so I do like the Bills to win this game, but I do like the Colts at six. I Just six and a half for the Colts, that's too big of a number for me to lay down. Um, this is a, they're seven seed. They're eleven and five. This is a really good football team. Uh, but six and a half is just too big of a number to lay down. Only thing that really scares me is if Rivers turns the ball over a couple of times, then you're, you know, that that uh, that can kind of ruin this. But I'm gonna go with the Colts here plus six and a half um, against Buffalo in the opening game of the week of the weekend. That's a lot of fun there. Yeah, it's a lot a lot of fun right there. Uh, like I said, I have opinions about that game, and I'll get to it. So, second game for me on Bobby Beats picks in lock of the week for the NFL wildcard playoffs. Washington football team plus eight versus Tampa Bay. Only why I'm taking this game because a young man from Ohio State, Chase Young, ran off the football field and said, I want Tom. I want Tom. I want Tom. When a defensive player says he wants somebody, he wants a quarterback, best believe he's going to bring his A game to that game. And only while I'm going with the football team, I almost call him the R-word, Gabe. I got to save me now. I love the football team. They're at home. 
Yeah, they won the NFC East least, I call it. So they get the home, they get the home game now. They host the home game against a, a talented, high octane offensive team as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think the Washington football team defense can slow this game down for an uh, uh, a youthful Tom Brady. He was very youthful this year. He was very youthful. But I think he could they could slow this team down. Washington football team defense is very is it's top ten of the NFL league. And uh I as the question kind of nears like is Mike Evans healthy enough to play? I think he will play, but who will who will cover who? You know, because you got a lot of weapons on Tampa Bay side. So I think the best thing for the Washington football team to do is try to limit Tom Brady and I mean, try to stop the running game as well with Fournette and Jones. But, you know, you're going to have your hands full. But I think it's going to be a, a really, really, really tough, tight, tight game. Um, and I think, you know, eventually Temple Bay will sneak one out, maybe like a, a winning field goal at the end of the game. Yeah, I'm like in total agreement with you here, Rob, on this game. So we'll just get to my next pick. I have Washington plus eight as well. Um, and, you know, you kind of hit it on the head here. I actually, the only thing I disagree with is I think Chase Young saying I want Tom would might would make the beatdown even worse because Brady <laughs> he, he seems to carry uh, two chips on his shoulder, uh, two chips on each shoulder. Um, but it's uh, but no, that Washington front is really really good. Not just Chase Young, but the Mark the Deron Payne and Montez Sweat really really good on the defensive line and Ron Rivera teams just really good defensively. Washington played really well down the stretch so despite being 7 and 9, I think at this moment right now they are better than what their record says they are. Um and I, Tampa has struggled in games this year when they've gone against uh pass rushes. You know who they lost to? They lost to the Saints twice. They lost to the Chicago Bears. The Giants pushed them right down to the edge. Um, the Los Angeles Rams, they lost, they lost to the Rams. Um, and I'm blanking on their, uh, blanking on the other loss, but though, and the Kansas city, uh, mm-hmm. that was more of a shootout than the defense, but it's, uh, they have lost four of their five losses. And then one of their closest wins of getting against teams that can get a pass rush on them and really cover on the back end. Um, so I think Tampa's in a struggle here. I think eight is too many points here in this game just for the matchup. Now, Tampa's offensive line has been good, but I think Chase Young, he's shown, especially in the second half of the season, that he's just a physical freak, uh, someone that is really unblockable, and he's going to be a defensive force in this league for years to come. Uh, I do like Tampa Bay to win this game. Really looking forward to the potential possible Tampa Bay-Green Bay matchup next week, especially knowing how the first matchup in this season went between those two teams. But – I think eight is too many points to lay. I think Washington's defense keeps it close. I'm thinking like 24-20, something around there, maybe 20-14. to I think Washington, their defense will keep them in this game, but they're not going to be able to score enough. I mean, Tampa Bay with that offense, with Brady, they're eventually just going to put some points on the board. I don't think Washington's defense, Washington's offense will be able to match. Like Tampa to win, but eight is too many points to lay. I think you hit it on the head here. This is going to be a This is going to be a pretty tough game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree with everything. I agree. I don't normally agree. <laughs> we, agree. We, we normally try not to agree, but this yeah. one, we get agreement here. <laughs> uh, last game for me, I did say I was going to speak on this game. <laughs> Indianapolis and Buffalo, the under 
will be uh it's 51 now i'm going with the under i think this will be a low scoring game due to the weather now let's travel to buffalo real quick you know i think they were dancing uh you can't touch this by mc hammer they were dancing at the time they were dancing in 33 degree weather right now in buffalo new york it's 21 degrees Oof. and us in texas are complaining about 50 degree weather anyway. 21 degree weather before <laughs> <laughs> saturday probably round time kickoff goes it will be in the 30s it will be 36 in buffalo and the, the Colts are a dome team so yeah, I, dome I, River, and rivers has a weak arm especially at this stage of his career so weak arm i remember peyton manning he never had a strong arm he always struggled in cold weather games and peyton manning is a Let's just say superior quarterback to Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, and, and Peyton Manning will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, <laughs> so I think it'll be an under. And you mentioned earlier that Philip Rivers may turn the ball over. Josh Allen might not be on his A game because if Josh Allen doesn't have his arm, the running game is not really that strong with Singletary and Moss. So I think it's gonna be a tough, a tough battle offensively when it when it comes into when it comes into the play, I think it will be a close game. Expect this to keep it in the twenties, maybe, maybe twenty to sixteen. Buffalo, you know, I, I think it. I mean, that doesn't help help you, Gabe. But well, that does help it you. Does that does I, help you? That's plus six and a half. Yes, yeah, plus six and a half. Excuse me, excuse me. 20 yeah, to that's twenty to sixteen. I win. <laughs> Regardless of who wins that game, I win. Yeah, so I, I, I just think it will be a closer game if they if the Buffalo. They playing that weather, Bills playing that weather, and they were having fun dancing in the cold weather and all that. I just think the Colts are going to be outmatched in this game and as far as the weather goes and as far as the scheme goes on the defensive side for the Buffalo Bills. Am I, am I dropping out? Rivers to, you know, turn the ball over, as long as you get pressure on. No, I think – one other thing to think about that's going to help your case for the under here, and I think the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, the last month of the season has really come on late. I think the Colts are going to try to play a lot of ball control, just keep the ball out of the hands of Josh Allen and that Bills offense. Mm-hmm. So the possessions for Buffalo could be limited in this game because the Colts, they're not going to want to give Josh Allen too many chances because you give him enough chances, he's eventually going to make some big plays. Um, so I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this – is a very fast game, just a game that goes very quickly because the culture just want to keep possession of the ball, keep the ball away from Buffalo, and just you know, t- just you know, take the air out the ball. So yeah. that uh, just to help your under cause there. Um, I mean, the fewer points that are scored, the more likely my six and a half coverage is kind of the way I see it. So it's, uh, but no, I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, despite. You know, the Bills put up a 50-burger on the Dolphins this last weekend. I do think this game is going to be a little lower scoring. Let's see. Is Rob yeah. freezing up on it here? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You hear me? You hear me? Okay. I hear you now. Right, Man, cool. we just can't get our internet situation right I'm, today. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, right, I- we you get it right today. <laughs> so quickly to the loud house. Um, for me, God, I guess I'm going to just go forward. You know, in life, you just got to shoot your shot, Gabe. Uh, Brown. Hey, Dion Waiters say better to go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because you go 0 for 9, it means you lost your confidence. <laughs> so I'm going with Cleveland Browns plus 6 over the Steelers. Uh, 
I honestly don't know what I see in this game. Maybe, maybe a surprise, <laughs> a surprise performance from Baker Mayfield that I'm seeing in this game. But I, I gotta, you know, offensively, you still got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. Offensively, you still got Juice Landry back there. You still, you still have um, uh, what's that tight end from Florida Hooper. Atlantic? Hooper. Right. Oh, oh, Harrison Bryant too. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah. some tight ends over there. They got some good weapons on the offensive side. Just got to get them the ball. And against a tough Steelers defense, I don't know, maybe hopefully I'm wishing for a great game between these two in the AFC North and to keep it close. Yeah, I uh, so obviously my lock of the week was Pittsburgh minus six. Um, it I think to me the big loss is Joel Batonio, their best offensive lineman. Against that Pittsburgh front, I mean, you can't have enough good. And I think the Browns, even they have good offensive linemen without Joel Petonio. Mm. But, I mean, just against Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, that front, uh, you can't have enough good defensive players. And I think losing their coach, who's kind of been the steadying force this entire season, mm. um, I think that uh, I think that hurts Cleveland in this spot as well. That's why I like – and I think Pittsburgh, just organizationally, they're set up for this. I think they're going to take their game – to another level here in uh, – I think they're going to take it to another level here in the playoffs, better than what we've seen the last, you know, six weeks from them where they've really been struggling. Uh, so I like – Pitt. you know, I like Pittsburgh today. Um, my live dog of the week, you're locked. We're just going against each other this week. This was not planned at all. Uh, <laughs> we're going against each other on our locks. You had Seattle minus three and a half. My live dog, I like the Rams plus three and a half here. Um my caveat is Jared Goff's going to have to play. Mm-hmm. That's my. I believe he is going to play, um, and I believe he will fit. I believe he, because I know in my level in my career as a very low level athlete, when you are hurt, you can sometimes take your game to levels that you know you can find a mental focus that previously you didn't know that you had and you've seen it from athletes before in those situations and we saw Justin Fields in the semifinal against Clemson do just that looked like he probably cracked a couple of ribs and then he plays the game of his life um and just gutting it out um i think Jared Goff he's going to have to play you can't win a playoff game with John Walford uh Goff's going to have to play i think he will play well um and more importantly, the reason I'm picking the Rams is their defense. Um, I like, you know, their defense. Russell Wilson has, pro- has had problems with it this year. Uh, even the second time where the Rams won, it was the Seattle offense turning the ball over that really cost them. Their, or the Rams offense turning the ball over that cost them. Uh, their defense played really, really well against the Seattle offense. They've kind of been Russell Wilson's kryptonite this year. first really bad game came against this Rams defense. Um, and that was the week where I said, watch out. The Rams are going to solidify themselves as NFC contenders. A little bit different situation now because you're unsure of what quarterback's going to be playing. But I think Goff's going to play. And if Goff plays, I like the Rams to win this game. If Jared Goff doesn't play, give me the Titans plus three. I do like Baltimore, but the Titans just own the Baltimore Ravens. So give me the Titans plus three if Jared Goff doesn't play. So that's my caveat. Because I'm not betting on John Wolford against Russell Wilson in a playoff game. I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. doing it, Rob. I can't win with it. <laughs> well, we both unsure then, Gabe, on our live dogs for this weekend. I, let's just say that again. <laughs> but um, you brought something uh, new to the show uh, for this week. Uh, so, Gabe, the floor is yours. Yeah. 
yeah, about once every couple of months, I have a decent idea. Um, so it's uh, so what I did because obviously we're not going to talk as much college football today because well, there's only one college football game, um, and we're not going to talk about that for thirty minutes. So what I just what one thing I thought would be fun is we each get a thousand dollars. Unfortunately, this is a hypothetical exercise. Um, no one's actually giving us a thousand dollars unless a sponsor out there wants to give us a thousand dollars to do this with. Uh, cha-ching. Um, so. But until that happens, uh, so we each get a thousand dollars, and we get the, and we distribute that one thousand dollars. However, we choose to do so, and we're trying to pick the team that will be in a Super Bowl. So not the Super Bowl winner, but the NFC champion and the AFC champion. So we get a thousand dollars. Obviously, we're trying to win our bets. We distribute it however we want, and we're trying to pick the Super Bowl matchup. This the teams that we think will be in the Super Bowl. Both of us. I've bet more than two teams, uh, so you'll understand it here as we get into it. So with that, I will go first. So my $1,000, here's how I've distributed it. I've put half my money, $500, and I've said the I've said for a couple months now, if they get home field, they're my pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, and they got home field. So I'm putting 500 bucks on the Green Bay Packers plus 140 to win the NFC. That means I'd win $700 um on that bet so betting on the packers plus 140 to come out of the nfc at 500 so my second biggest bet 360 dollars on the kansas city chiefs minus 120 to win 300 now why 360 well i don't want to bet on the chiefs because they are minus 120 and the value on that isn't good but am i really comfortable put not betting on the chiefs at all because uh, I was either bet this amount or more on the Chiefs or don't bet them at all. Because if I bet any less than this amount on the Chiefs, if I get a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, there's no way for me, no realistic way for me to come out with a profit here. So I bet 360 on the Chiefs because if Chiefs and Packers make the Super Bowl, I come out even, and that's okay. So 500 on the Packers, 360 on the Chiefs. I have $140 left out of my 1000 So I take 70 of those dollars, and I put them on – the LA Rams and hopefully Jared Goff to come out of the NFC uh, plus 1400 to win $980. Uh, that would be a really, you know, if they can win the NFC, that would uh, basically put me at even right there. And then I have 70 bucks left and I'll take those $70 and put them on my other live dog pick of the week, the Tennessee Titans plus 1600 to win $1,120. Um, so really I'm rooting for a Rams Titan Super Bowl, uh, which that's probably not going to happen, but just rooting for Derrick Henry to single-handedly carry the Titans to the Super Bowl. Cause we know their defense can't do it. So that is how I've divvied up my $1,000, 500 on the Packers to win 700, 360 on Chiefs to win 300, 70 on the Rams to win 980 and 70 on the Titans to win, uh, 1,120. Uh, I would love to include the Bills or even Baltimore in this. I just can't. I, I have to put that amount on the Chiefs because the Chiefs make a Super Bowl. I need to come out with a profit. So that's uh, that's how I do it. Rob, how did you divvy up your unfortunately hypothetical $1,000? All right, so for my $1,000, I betted half of it. I spun. Let me see. What is $500 these days? I spun it on a good card note. <laughs> <laughs> So 500 went on the Seahawks, who are plus 550, to win me $2,750. Big money. Woo! I like that. 
Um, so you like Seattle to come out of the NFC. Yeah, if if they could knock off the Packers, then that could happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, knock off the Packers first. <laughs> uh, second one, um, like you said, do you want to like you can't like you can't not bet on the Chiefs, right? Like you know, like like they're the favorite for a reason to come out the AFC. Like nobody. Nobody is beating the Chiefs except for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, so Rob, in this, because we're going to have a winner at this at the end. Mm-hmm. If the Seahawks make the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what happens on my end. You win. Yeah. If yeah. the Seahawks make the Super Bowl, you win. So yeah. you're putting your chip. You're put, but if the Seahawks don't make the Super Bowl, I mean, you could still win, but it'd be a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot harder to win because <laughs> I didn't put a lot of money on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so the Chiefs to win, and they're minus one twenty, like you said. And uh, if, if you wonder where we got these odds from, uh, on on a future sponsor, Bovada.com, Bovada.lv. Uh, they have future bets that you can make. Uh, they have prop builders or whatnot. Uh, if, you, if you use a different book, the numbers should be about the same everywhere. Maybe the Chiefs are minus one fifteen instead of minus one twenty. Maybe the Seahawks are plus six hundred instead of plus five fifty. I don't know how. You know, everywhere is going to be a little bit different. But this, if you take the average of all the books, you should get very close to what we're using right here. Yeah. So uh, 200 on the cheese, minus 120 to win, like 166 <laughs> and 67. Some pocket change there. Um, <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, I dilated it up with, I split the 300 because I have $300 left. So I split it up, 150, 150. Uh, so 150 on the Buffalo Bills to come out the AFC to go to the Super Bowl is plus 300, and that will win you $450. Young team, I think they're probably two years behind that. Um, it's not true. It's it's a rumor. They might lose their OC, Brian Dayball, to you know, the Houston Texans as far as a head coach's uh, vacancy job. Uh Next will be the Saints, 150. That's my last 150 on the Saints. They're plus 280 to get to the Super Bowl to win $420. Of course, again, uh, against on the, on the rumor mill, Drew Brees could be playing his last season. Oh, that's a done deal. You know, he's have, he has bad ribs and a lot. Well, he's, he's already signed a deal with NBC to go be a broadcaster. Oh, yeah, yeah, he already did that. So, um, you would love to see the Saints. I, I mean, not a Saints fan, but got a lot of love. Got some people from New Orleans who are diehard Saints fans. And you would love to see that to that to transpire at the NFC. See Drew give it his last gold, one for the Gipper, kind of like Peyton Manning in, in this 2015 season. Like Peyton Manning wasn't Peyton Manning, but thank God for that Denver defense. Because yeah, he would have not I, made Drew it. Drew is a lot better at this point than Peyton was. <laughs> it was. So that's how I dilly dallied up my thousand dollars for my futures bets. Yeah. So if the Seahawks get to the Super Bowl, then Rob wins. That's crazy. Um, there's no if the Seahawks get to the Super Bowl, I can't possibly win because even the Rams and Titans would just combine for two grand. Yeah. Uh. So the Seahawks now Rob can still win if the Seahawks don't make it. He'd be rooting for Bill Saints in that scenario. Yikes. And then basically you're just rooting against the Packers, yeah, <laughs> and the Rams, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Come yeah on. So we're gonna be a winner at the end of this. We'll keep track of it going forward. I mean, obviously, uh, 
Rams, Titans, Seahawks, Bills, and Saints all play this weekend. So we could have uh, six out of our eight selections off the – or five out of our eight between the two of us selections off the board by Sunday night. Uh, I hope not. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a real possibility, but that's what makes the playoffs fun. Um, so if my live dog hits, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, but this is gonna be a little thing we'll keep track of here. Gosh, I want, I do wonder what the Rams' odds would be if they, um, if like Jared Goff was just healthy. It probably, I mean, if, like, it's if, a- like if, God, if we just, if he had never had an issue with his thumb, if it's just like he's, like he's just Jared Goff as we know him, like he just never hurt his thumb and he played last week and he's fine. Mm-hmm. What? I'm I'm curious to see what their odds would be. I honestly, for just speaking, it probably just be a thousand. I think it drops. Oh, I think it. I mean, it drops too. It's got. I mean, it has to. Um, mm-hmm. And the Rams are just a weird matchup for everyone in the NFC. It's just, can you trust Jared Goff? I mean, you don't trust John Wolford to go win three straight playoff games. Do you trust Jared Goff to go win three straight playoff games? I mean, that's a. He's, I mean, he won. Uh, he he got to a Super Bowl already. Uh, yeah, he, he's done it before. Um, we'll see. This is a very int- and then the Titans, you know, just they are so different. Than everyone else in the league with Derrick Henry, you know, could Derrick Henry just run all the way to the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, their defense is terrible, though. Yeah, that defense is awful. So that's our thing. A thousand dollars. We're gonna see who comes out on top of this at the end. That would be a fun little, unfortunately theoretical exercise. I'd love to actually do this, but what can you do? So. Now, we're moving on to college football. We're in the national championship game on Monday. This is going to be a fun weekend for college football. Rob, you changed the college football thing for the first time since, like, October. Yeah. Um, well, I put some money down on that tide, and they didn't roll for me. So. Yeah, I know. Notre the king of garbage time touchdowns, man. Man, tell me about it. They yeah, just go and get those late touchdowns. They would have lost by 24. And they lose by 17. Everyone's talking about how much better of a program they are because they scored a garbage time touchdown that meant literally nothing. But yeah. here we are. So what yeah. you, you know, we can complain about it all we want, but <laughs> the facts are the facts. Alabama did not cover the spread, so yeah. Rob took it out of the uh, he took it out of the rundown here. Yeah, but I mean, um, if, you know, you've seen the two games on New Year's Day, and it was just a lot of excitement, honestly speaking. Uh, Alabama, despite the garbage touchdown at the end, they pretty much dominated that game. That defense was on another level. Devontae Smith, the Heisman, 2020 Heisman Trophy winner, was on another level. His quarterback, Mac Jones, had a great game. So, I mean, it's, it, it was – Pretty much what you expected from that matchup. It was nothing spectacular that jumped out to me about that matchup. Now that or now the second game, the late, the late night, late night, the Ohio State and Clemson. Now I had to go to sleep, but before I went to sleep, I watched the first half, and that told me all I needed to know. Now I was surprised that Ohio State was playing back and forth with Clemson, and I got scared when Justin Fields took that shot. To the real and, and 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 I'm no Gabe. I'm all around the young man from Clemson that was not targeting. It was um, that's a regular yeah, hit. You should, regardless of whether you think it's targeting or not, the mm-hmm. rule of throwing someone out of the game is just dumb. 
And Clemson was missing in the first half their best defensive back because of mm-hmm. that rule. Yeah. Uh, they, they should not – that's a whole other issue. But players should not be thrown out of the game for for that rule. That's too That's too much. Yeah, it, it's, it's like putting them on timeout. I mean, for – I mean, doing something that probably was taught to them as a young kid of how to tackle. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, but Justin Fields, injured and all, he still threw six touchdown passes. That young that young man, uh, when you talk – I think you tweeted this. You said, hey, did you tweet his draft stock went up that night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. It, it, it did. It <laughs> did. He looked like an unsure second pick of the first round. Now he's a – I don't know what the Jets will do. If I'm the Jets, I still roll with Sam Darnold. I don't know. I just put him some better talent. He's going to get a new coach, but like I, but that's that's uh the GM's job and whoever he brings in as the head coach to decide on Sam Darnold. But Justin Fields is a is a for sure guy, man. The passes that he made, the accuracy, he made one pass to the end zone for a touchdown. The tight end like boxed the dude out and caught it right yeah. here. And I, I said, that window was about this small, Gable, it on the what, camera. Was, yeah, I see. What's funny about – I know what throw you're talking about. I saw that, and I was like, man, Fields missed the wide-open guy across the middle for the touchdown. <laughs> he wanted to. <laughs> but he, he made up for it later in the game. Those two deep balls he threw. That one, the, the first one to Olave – that thing was like 65 yards in the air. This is like pretty soon after the the hit that hurt him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, this don't, it, like, you just don't see, like, in a game, 65 yards in the air that often. And he just had enough on it to get it to Olave. He throws it a yard shorter. It's getting knocked down, but he yeah. just had enough on it. It was on the money. Um, Justin Fields played incredible. Trevor Lawrence, he, you know, he didn't play great. I, you know, I would take Trevor Lawrence number one, but I don't think he's this uh, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway level of prospect that the media's built him up as over his last two years. Um, that's a diff- That's a that's a take for a different show, though. But that's um, I think that I think a little bit of that showed in that game. Um, Justin Fields played incredibly well. I had Ohio State in the points. Didn't think Ohio State would win, but I thought this game would be really close, and Ohio State just went and rolled them. So, with that being said, oh yeah, also P.S. Thank you, Gabe. I, I my personal bet, I took Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh it was uh once I saw that line over a touchdown, I was like, I'm taking the Buckeyes here. This is going. There's no way they're get. I I was betting on they hadn't played their best game of the season yet, uh, and. I have a hard time believing they're going to play better than that. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time believing they'll play better than that. So, with uh, that, before we before we get to it, I know we're trying to close out because our internet has been tripping. But what's the best bowl game you've seen? I think for me, it got to be Texas A and M and North Carolina. Just how and M came back. That was a fun game. Uh, Cincinnati Georgia to kick off New Year's Day was fun. Um. That was fun. Uh, best bowl game. Those, those would be my two because I didn't watch a ton of the smaller ones. Mm. Um, I just didn't watch a lot of them. So it's uh, and there were a lot fewer bowl games this year than there had yeah. been previously. Um, 
So it's uh, and a lot of them happened like during the weekday, and I would have been at work, so oh, I would yeah. you know I yeah. wasn't really watching them. That A and North Carolina game that was a lot. That was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was a lot of fun. Uh, Devon A chain he really uh, he really got his moment to shine. Mm-hmm. He played. He sh- he he closed that thing out in the fourth quarter. Uh, I got to watch him last year in the state championship. But got to see his final high school game, so it's crazy to see him just a year later. Yeah, same. Like I watched, I covered HISD football last season, and I watched him do those same things <laughs> in high school that he did. Imagine number six for AM playing as high schoolers. I mean, that's uh, yeah. So it's um, so yeah, that game was fun. Um, and Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati, Georgia would probably take it for me. Although I thought Georgia shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. Like uh-huh. they kept, you know, I think they could have easily won that game by two or three touchdowns, but they kept, you know, throwing red zone interceptions or do you know, fumbling, just doing different things. I thought, you know, what I thought Cincinnati, you know, they were holding on for dear life there at the end. Ultimately they couldn't close it out, but I, that was a fun game. I, just, I the reason why I wouldn't say it's my it wasn't the best. It's just that I thought Georgia sh- shot themselves in the foot so much. Um, so I'll go with. I'll agree with you here. I like that A and North Carolina game. That was a fun. That was a fun game. So I'll, I'll agree with you. That was a fun game. I enjoyed that. Um, and it was cool to see Iowa State get a win in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. It it was cool to see Iowa State like because that's that's the biggest win in the history of their program. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Was cool for Iowa State and Matt Campbell. He might get an NFL head coaching job, um, but it was cool for Iowa State to see them. Uh, I think we've devalued bowl games in this playoff um, playoff climate that we're now in in college football. So, like for Iowa State, that being probably the biggest win in their program's history, it's cool to get to see a team outside the playoff really celebrate success um, with Iowa State because it's, it's that's a successful season despite not making the playoff. And I think even with A and M. You know, they really wanted to be in the playoff, but getting to, uh, you know, that was A&M's biggest win in probably 80 years. Uh, like they hadn't, you know, they hadn't had, they haven't had, they hadn't won a New Year's Six or BCS game. They didn't mm-hmm. win. They haven't won a whole lot of these big bowl games across their program's history. So they're going to finish season ranked in the top five, winning the Orange Bowl, uh, look, you know, in a good game having fun, looking good, doing it. Uh, so I think just seeing two teams outside of the playoff get to celebrate, you know, have like program level success. So I think I'll, I'll say Iowa State and Texas A&M. And I thought the Georgia Cincinnati game was a lot of fun too as a lead in to the two playoff games. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Since I had some personal money on that, I had the under and that hit. It did um, hit, Yeah. The oh, and Georgia was throwing those red zone interceptions. You were like, "Let's go, right, let's go, let's go." The and M game was crazy. I went to bed angry. They were down 27-20. I, I went to bed. Of course, I had to get up early for work. I went to bed angry. I woke up. My guy, my birthday twin, he 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 uh messaged me. He's like, "Bro, bro, and M cover dog. That's what I'm talking about, dog." And I was like, "What he talking? Oh, what?" I said, "They were down twenty seven to twenty. I was like, what he? I looked at the phone. I said, oh, oh, they hit. Oh, they covered. They covered. I was like, oh, like, bro, you a genius, dog. You a genius, bro. Think about him. Notre Dame didn't have that throwaway touchdown, bro. Like you, yeah. we would, we would throw three and oh, bro. I was like, yeah. I, I, I was just, you know, wow. I was like, I had a personal round robin part. I do round robin parlays, shackles. I don't, I don't do, I don't do straight parlays. <laughs> that is, that is, I tell anybody who does that, 
you're throwing your money away. You are honestly around Robin. You could throw your money away too. Gambling period, you throw your money away. But stay with me now. Around Robin parlay, I want to give shout out to Aton Shander, a Philly sports radio host I used to work with. He said beats. Do round robins. I said, what is that? Is that a burger or something? She said, no, 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 no. Round robin parties. Not red robin. Not red robin. Round robin. <laughs> it said, that keeps your money going. He said, all you need to do, if you do a three-teamer, all you need is two bets to hit, and you could continue betting. And so from then on there, I've been doing round robin parlays. That keep my money. If you are going to parlay, Mm-hmm. sport to parlay is UFC. And I know you're not all that in the UFC. I need but that's, I've hit, like I, I've hit a few UFC parlays. Hmm. Um, that's the, that's the sport to do it in. Because hmm. you're betting an individual. You're not betting on a team. Exactly. So there's just less factors going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, UFC, that's the sport to do parlays on, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, but let's get into this national championship game. Let's do it. I'm using... The same logic I used in the semifinal. I said, if I get Ohio State more than a touchdown, I'm taking the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking the Buckeyes plus eight. Uh, I, You know, Ohio State played their best game of the year. I think that for the first time all year, they watched the film and uh, in the preparation and said, oh, this team could beat us. Um, so they, the players obviously took it really seriously. And like I said before, they had guys who came back specifically to play Clemson now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and with that come back to go and win a national championship and they have the opportunity to do so. Um, like the semifinal, I'm not going to pick Ohio state to win this game. I'm leaning Alabama, but eight points, way too many points to lay seven and a half. Some places either way, seven and a half or eight. I love the Buckeyes. Um, I love the Buckeyes. The one devil's advocate I will have for this is Ohio State playing the game of their life. Is there a letdown? Is there – do they come back down to earth and are they the team we saw during the Big Ten season? I don't think that's going to be the case. I think uh, I think Ohio State, whether they win or lose, is going to play and look really good in this game against Alabama. Um so I like the uh, you know I like the Buckeyes here plus eight. Um, don't know if they win, but they're going to cover that number. I think they're too good of a team to be laying eight points against anybody. When I look at this game, I say, what is the safe bet? Do I trust Ohio State? Like you said, will they come back down to earth? Is Justin Fields really going to be healthy, healthy in this game? Like, what if he take one? one big hit and a big defensive lineman lays on them, even though they really can't do that anymore. But like, you get what I'm saying? Like the impact of the hit, um, will he be able to bounce back up? Like I'm thinking about that. So I think what is the safest bet in this game? I know people don't like to go unders in college football. I don't either. I'm not a big fan of it, but I got to go to under 74 and a half. I think Vegas is telling you that a big 10 school can go back and forth with the SEC school that scores a lot of points in a game and hell in a quarter. You're talking about Alabama. <laughs> I just think it, it it's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be a tighter game than most people expect it to be. I don't really see it being high scoring like it was for their respective bowl, their playoff semifinal games or whatnot. Um, can't compare last year because LSU was on a ride that nobody in college football, and I mean nobody, 
can ever be on that type of roller coaster. Alabama came close this season. They came real close this season, but nobody could touch LSU of last year. Uh, but I think the under will hit in this game, 74 and a half. That's just too much points, too many points uh, for a school like Ohio State, who's really not a high, high scoring team every time they come out the gate. So, man, I think I don't disagree with your under, and I'll tell you why. But I think your assessment of Ohio State is wrong of, oh, they're a Big Ten team. Can they keep up? Ohio State recruits just as good, if not better, than every SEC school out there i mean they're they're top five recruiting every year they're i mean i think the big 10 as a whole i think they lack the speed and explosion to keep up with the sec uh but ohio state is the exception to that rule it's why when they get to the playoff they generally perform pretty well it's why they're the only big 10 team to have won a playoff game i think they're the only big 10 team that even has been to the playoff here in the playoff era or no michigan state did one year but they got blasted um but their Ohio State is the exception to that way you're saying about the Big Ten. But I like this. I listened to – I found one good college football podcast. I listened to Late Kick with Josh Pate. Uh, that's what it is. He, I, If you're a college football fanatic, recommend it to you. But he was saying about Alabama, he said in the regular season, they go for style points a little bit. So you see these high scores we are seeing in the regular season. But mm-hmm. in this playoff era, when we've gotten to these playoff games – when he's when Saban's got a team and it's clear that he's better than them, they just try to take the air out of the ball and get out of the game once they realize they're better than the team. And I think the Notre Dame game was a really good example of that. I thought they could have put up a lot more points on the board, but they were really just trying to get out of that game. They didn't want that game to go any longer than it really had to go. Um, I think the Washington game a few years ago is a good example of that. A Clemson game, a semifinal game, when uh, Jalen Hurts was a starting quarterback is a good example of that. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a few examples of that kind of thing where Bama just tries to get out of these games when they know they're a better team. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna be able to do that necessarily against Ohio State, but I think Bama's defense will be the best defense Ohio State's played all year. Um, and likewise, I think Ohio, Ohio State's defense will be the best defense and certainly defensive line. And, sec- and even secondary for that matter, that Ohio, just the best defense overall that Bama's played all year. So I do I do like your under here, but I do think your assessment of Ohio State's a little harsh. They're not the they're not the typical Big Ten team. They got some uh they got some out there. Rich big, rich big. To all you Buckeye fans out there. I ain't trying to I'm a, I'm not, I don't even like the Big Ten or Ohio State for that matter, but I'm gonna defend them here. Of uh, the Ohio State, yeah, don't let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's the gambling shack. Great episode. We touched on a lot of things. We talked politics. No. <laughs> we talked. Uh, How do we rate Trump's time in office? Finally, uh, <laughs> let's move on, Gabe. Uh, I'm Bobby Beach. You can follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. You can follow my man Gabe Myers at G underscore Myers thirty three. Uh, this has been the Gambling Shack episode, New Year, same problems. And uh, let's go. Let's go. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the NFL wild card. It's going to be some great six games. Uh, they expanded the playoffs, of course. Uh, so get a chance to watch the games and uh, enjoy them with your family or whatnot. But as is so, we're out. Happy betting.